Welcome. Thanks for joining me, the Film 3 OG. I'm Jordan Bain, and this is The Next Wave of Cinema. Today's episode is brought to you by Glass. Glass is an ecosystem where creators and communities engage directly with one another, create, share, and monetize decentralized videos. On today's episode, we have a dear friend of mine, Stephen Murray, the co-founder of Bingeable, someone who I consider one of the great thought leaders in film three and the next wave of cinema. Stephen's had about 25 years in the entertainment business and uh, has come up with innovative ways to advocate for artists and to help them create business solutions that give them both creative and business control. Stay tuned. Looking forward to this. I am super, super excited to be here with my good friend, Stephen Murray, who is my comrade in arms in the Film 3 movement, um, what we now uh, really refer in a very powerful way that that Film 3 is the next wave of cinema. And um, Stephen uh, is the co-founder of Bingeable. Um, and I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that, as well as uh, the co-founder of Next Wave Studios. And so I'm super, super excited that he's on um, the Film 3 OG and the Next Wave of Cinema podcast. Um, uh, he's an incredible inspiration to the community and to me personally. And uh, and we're just going to cut it up. Um What's up, Stephen? How you doing, Jordan? It's great to be here. Thanks, thanks for having me, and thanks as always for for uh, leading and and for getting out uh, ahead of this movement and showing us all the way. And uh, um, you know, it 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 it's incredibly brave to to be so forward thinking and to and to move uh, so far ahead. Um, uh, and of course, you know, the challenges with being so far ahead is that it's it, it it makes a really big target on your back. So so to have been so bold to go forward and to be willing to suffer those arrows and and barbs from from uh, the world uh, is is something I admire greatly. And the moment I met you uh, via Twitter Spaces, uh, you know, got a year ago, um, uh, I saw I saw a leader that uh, I wanted to. I wanted to to hitch my wagon to and help if I can. So it's 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 exciting to be here and and uh, to be a part of what you're doing. Ah, I think we might have to stop the recording now. That's it. That's it for the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. You Thanks for that coming. You Good. Glad I could help. Glad I could help. <laughs> um, you know, there. You and I talk every day. So, um, and I have. And also you are now doing um, leading one of the squad spaces as a host, the the marketing Mondays, building the next wave. Um, and so I get the good fortune of and so does everyone else in the community of your experience and knowledge and all those things, which is super wonderful. But I think the jumping off point, because there are so many and there's so much for us to unpack. And as I said, this will probably be one of many times that you're on the podcast, because there's a lot to unpack. The space moves really, really quickly. What we have, what I've observed in well over two years now, and what you have observed um, being a leader in this community over the last year is insane. And so where we are today, I think the jumping the jumping off point is truly um, how do we build the next wave? How It's always how do we onboard? How are we going to utilize this power mm-hmm. and um, to basically change the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and, and, and maybe we can start with your with your sentence, you know, what you always are saying, if you uh, change, what is it? What is your mantra? Yeah. So I've had this mission statement for a long time and it's probably been through multiple iterations throughout my career, starting back when I was just a kid entering the entertainment business at the age of 19 or so. Um, But, but what it is, and it's up on my whiteboard uh, that I'm staring at 
uh, and I look at it every day while I sit here and and hoil away as we all do in this space. Um, and it just says that if you change the world for creators, creators can change the world. And I I truly believe that it it is the the animating force behind everything that 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 I do and everything that my company's bingeable next wave studios and and all of those things that we do uh, are driven by that by that mission. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that that is what is driving you to to literally take um, a lot of your days because you are taking a lot of your days trying to to unlock the power of of this of Web three basically and what we call what we're calling Film three that power and bring it to the masses. Um, and, and, and I do want to go back to your history for a second, but I really want to start here at the moment because that is what you're doing on spaces. And, you know, we've done over 320 spaces at this point, um, or over 325. I can't remember what the exact number. Um, but what is it, I guess, what is, I'd love for you, in your words, because you always have the best words, you know. There's <laughs> so much pressure on me. <laughs> but I always have to say that because it is really the truth. Um, what is it for you that makes you want to take time out of your day to, to, to put together the pieces of this puzzle, to unlock these keys, to, and then also to come and, and try to motivate in a workshop way on 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 Mondays but mm. but I know this is not just a Monday thing because I talk to you every day yeah. we're trying to unlock what is the power of film three what is this what is it to you because I know we align very 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 deeply on this but I'd like to hear it in your words well look I mean first of all the, there is no single answer there are a lot of reasons um that that I am drawn to this um this this modality of building um and but but when it's all said and done i think i think at its heart um i i you know even though i i was an art school kid and a musician and and a wannabe filmmaker for many years um i i i have a real passion for data um i think that comes from my dad who was who uh, was a brilliant technologist in his day um made me he he instilled in me a love for data but it was not just like you know i i, I always i always say you know when the second you are looking when, when you look at data you're looking at the past by definition right real creativity and real art is the ability to to find the narrative thread in that data and see where it's pointing because if you're if you're focused on data, and there's so many examples of companies that have, have done this, where they're like, "Oh, the data says this," and I'm like, "No, the data said that." Mm. You you need to understand that, that that community and culture are kinetic, and if you're not thinking about being where the the audience is headed or where creators are headed, then you're going to miss it. You're going to sit there and you're going to toil and you're going to build around something that happened last year. Um, so, so that, and that was really instilled in me, I think pretty early on in my dad, who, 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 again, was a very forward looking, um, I mean, he's, he's still alive. He's just no longer working, uh, in the, in the industry, but, but back in the day, he was known as kind of a badass in this kind of stuff. And he was always predicting where things were heading and, and, uh, he, he made me love data. And so even very early on in my career, jumping into the music business when I was, when I was pretty young. Um, the data pointed to something that I thought was incredible, that that was really powerful. And and I, I talk about this a lot, that the entertainment industry by design overvalues the ability to market and distribute and undervalues the ability to create. It's just it's 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 I don't even know that I would say that it's some some nefarious thing. It's just it's a combination of business practice, typical business practices and human nature. You know, it's like the last person to touch it is who gets all the, the, the award reward, mm -hmm. you know, That's the nature of how business tends to work. And, and, um, but, but it, when I looked at it, kind of connecting those narrative threads of, of data and I, and you do this too. We were actually talking before we started recording about this idea of, of, you know, 
most people extrapolate data and 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 people like you and I tend to interpolate data. We tend we tend to connect dots and say, oh, but look, if you look at this plus this plus this, there's the through line. That's it's it's a form of storytelling. You know, it's mm-hmm. figuring out where the movie ends uh, based on where where it started. And and that's that uh, that idea of looking at data made something very, very clear to me, even as a kid. And it was that the true power was not in the ability to market and distribute. The true power was the audience. It was, it was, if you can, if, if you can find that audience and, and, and uh, energize that audience, they will go and do so much of the marketing for you that you can, you know, if you do it right, uh, you can actually reduce your traditional marketing spend because because you if you know a, a power a powerful passionate fan is far more effective at at marketing than uh, than than a, a billboard or a poster or a wrapped city bus right so so yep. that that realization began very very early on and it has been this mission uh, that has been painfully slow and 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 lots and lots of uh you know sisyphean pushing the rock up the hill for many many years only to see it roll back down again but but continuing to build and build and build towards this ultimate mission which is which is that uh if 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 the power is with the audience and it is the creators who have the relationship with that audience because it's not the studio it's not the network it's not Mm -hmm. the platform it's it it is the creators themselves. I always joke that when you go to the when you go to a movie and the the Paramount slate comes up, nobody cheers and says thanks. Thank God, another Paramount movie. Like <laughs> that's that's not the connection. They're there to see the story. They're there to see the characters, and they're there to see the actors that they love. That and that and the creators that they love. That's the power. That's the juice. Um, so, with all of that said. Um, that started me on this mission of, of trying to figure out how to empower creators to harness that direct relationship they have with their fans so they no longer must rely on the system that overvalues their ability to, to market and distribute and undervalues the creator and their community. Um, so, so all of that to say, it's been a long, long, long road to get to here. But when I popped into this web three world, uh, you know, a little over a year ago. Um, one of the first voices I heard was yours. Hmm. And, and I immediately said, this is where it's going to come from. This is, this is where the, 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 the true, uh, ultimate manifestation of this vision is going to come from a, a, a fired up passionate group of creators, supporters, and fans just deciding to change it. Yeah. Just saying, you know what? That that's fine. I, I that that's cool the way that used to work. But that's not us anymore. And we don't have to be beholden to that anymore. We can change it. And now as technology, as consumer behavior, and all, all of these things have started just slowly but surely pointing in a direction. Now the 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 na- narrative thread points very, very clearly to a future where creators and the communities are the ultimate power in the entertainment industry. And that's why I'm, I'm here and doing what I'm doing because I want to, I want to be part of that, that movement. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, God, there's so much to unpack. I mean, but what a, what a, what a great way to, to really discuss, like, first of all, how, so you came in about a year ago and you found the squad and you heard me and the amount that I've learned in the two years that I've been doing this, it's over two years, but because I came just as an artist and I didn't even really understand that there were certain words, like there are words now that I understand the key words that, that people in business have used. And I just didn't use these. If I'm talking to an actor, I didn't use these words. If I was talking to a cinematographer, I didn't use these words, but I suddenly understood that what I was doing was when I realized that there are these things called pain points and you want to find or offer a solution to the pain points. And my history 
as a filmmaker and as a woman, and I and I have to say also as part of the LGBTQIA community, even though that is not at the moment has not been actually the stories I've told, but it is who I am, right? Um, and finding the gatekeepers, uh, basically saying without saying, there's no audience for you in your story. There's no audience for you in your story. But I started to see that that was actually not true. And I know we talk about, I talk a lot about Ava DuVernay. I feel like that she, she proved that that was not true when she was able to once given the opportunity or once creating the opportunity for herself and then getting an incredible backer like Oprah to basically say, no, we actually do have an audience out there and they are an underserved audience who are not only waiting for a black woman's voice and to see representation of, of black culture and not, uh, and not a thug culture, but an actually black love culture. I mean, things that we had not been seeing. There is an audience, thus her success. And, and so I realized that these were pain points and that it was the big lie. The big lie was that you don't have an audience. So a lot of that is why the squad was started sure. and why I often say, and I'm going to circle this back to what you, you know, discovering me without the right words, but just sort of a conviction and knowing that there had to be a better way for, for, for film, filmmakers, for all of us. And then being able to hear you, you talk about the, the, the marketing engine, the, the hub, the amplification that comes from that audience when they find you and us putting together like creator led communities can be as powerful as many studios. All of this, they're inside of all of this is the ethos that we talk about that is beyond blockchain. And it's one of the things, one of the big conversations that you and I had where you were trying to bang into my head that this was beyond my, and I'm like, ah. but the truth is, is that I was already operating from the fact that film three is an aspiration. It's an aspiration. You, I think you call it a philosophy. Yeah, an ethos. Yeah, I mean, an ethos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, there's it, there's there's so much there's so much going on right now, and so many. It, like I I think the 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 job that you have that 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 we have um, that the community has is to. Um, is is to narrow the scope of the mission um and to and to find the articulations of that mission for the various cohorts or constituencies that 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 need to be convinced that this is the the next wave of of cinema uh next wave of entertainment um and and what you know i i i i say this a lot um a lot of the things i say i say a lot um but um one of the things that i say a lot is is that um every revolution uh begins with a conversation right it, it's it's people getting in a room and talking about shared ideals and and a shared vision and then that vision coalescing into a mission and then that mission becoming becoming in, in, empowered uh, through the people in that room, and 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 I think there are a lot of people who 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 consider, you know, the, the the shows we're doing, or or some of the conversations we're having, or even you know some of the some of the social media that we're posting and putting out there as as uh, kind of insular. You know, we're mm. talking to ourselves. We're kind of in an echo chamber. You hear a lot a lot of people complaining about the echo chamber, um, and frankly, I consider that. Um, a, a little, a little short-sighted, um, and and um, you know, we we when when you and I first started talking, I I brought up this idea of of the squad being the foundation of film three because uh, and and if you remember when we were talking about when we were talking about the film three summit, you know, I I, 
I was I was referencing this idea that that uh, um, you know when you start the foundation, it's below ground. It's not necessarily something that people mm -hmm. see. That's but right. Eventually, the the bricks stack to the point where you start to see it above ground, and then eventually, as you keep building, it becomes the tower uh, that everybody looks at. Um, and and you know we have been as a community i think in these very very vibrant very interesting and powerful conversations but they have been still below the surface a little bit and yeah, and yep. the mission becomes where where we get the community to to start acting to go beyond the abstract to get to the specific and get to the action oriented sort of sort of approach um is where that tower starts to move above the ground and people start to see it and start paying attention. Um, but there's this tendency, I think, for so many people, and I, I, this is true with entrepreneurs in traditional business, just as it is for creators who, by the way, are entrepreneurs as well. By, you know, in, my, in every definition of what I know an entrepreneur to be, that is the same definition of a filmmaker, of a storyteller. Of, mm. I mean, it, it, it's the same muscle group perhaps focused in a slightly different way. Um, but but I, the tendency among so many entrepreneurs today is to want to start by building the top floor of the tower and coming down to the bottom. They don't want to do the stuff that it takes to build up. Um, it's just a natural human nature. It, it like that, that because because the, the the bottom floors are the hardest. It's the hardest you know, fuck. It, 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 it's the thing that takes the most energy, the most, and it takes the most you know, a, a, a vision, right? Only you can see the tower before the tower is built. Everybody else has to wait for the tower to be built. And you're never going to build that tower if you try to stop on, start on the first, on the top floor, because it'll just come crashing down, right? You've got to build up. So, so all of that to say, um, you know, I, I see in this community and in this, and in this movement, uh, a revolution that that that's whose definition is becoming more and more refined, becoming more and more clear. And the more I believe and what I have been advocating, the more we look less at the technology as the revolution and more on the ideology as the as the revolution. Uh, like I said earlier, just simply deciding to change the way it works requires virtually no new technology mm -hmm. it does require a shift in mindset mm -hmm. and it also requires bringing that to consumers in a way that make them want to be a part of that uh and that's that's really where we are now we've gone from you know dark rooms smoking cigarettes and and and, and drinking our, our 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 whiskey and have playing we? our revolution have we, we, we really have that. we no, really I, gone i mean <laughs> I'll, I'll see you Wednesday, but I mean, like, <laughs> like, you know, the, but, but the point is, the point is like, we've done all of that now. And, and I believe that we are at that point where we've got to, you know, our planes need to fill, fill the skies, you know, like we need to be out there letting people know. Uh, and, and I think the best thing we can do is make that a, um, a story centric approach, not a technology centric approach. And that's, that's where that's where I think we're we're starting to to gain the most ground is that people are starting to embrace this idea of of uh, Web three and Film three as sort of what I say as a moral construct first that values creators and the communities that they build more than the pipes that deliver their work and and so we've established that foundation that framework now it's time to take that to the world. Yes, I mean it's one of the things that that I feel like, again, not having necessarily the words, just knowing that it was an ethos for me that, um, and then finally realizing and through many of our conversations that that this was a philosophy, or as you just said now, a moral construct. Um, and that blockchain can beautifully fit inside of that. Without anyone knowing it. That's any what, so, nobody gives a fuck about the technology outside of the technologists right i mean they really don't i mean like I, you know i it, it's 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 almost frustrating to me to think that that so much of this revolution might be marred by those who have used the technology 
uh, and sold the technology as some sort of panacea, some sort of like, this will solve everything, this will save everything, blah, 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 to the point where this entire sector has sort of been defined by the tech uh, and as opposed to the moral construct. And that's why I think entertainment, why I think film in particular, filmed entertainment, let's say, because uh, there's lots of different types of, of filmed entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's why I believe that is such has the opportunity to be the driving force behind this revolution because you know there's an old rule in technology that says that if you want people to adopt new technology it better make something they already do easier and better as opposed to harder and worse and and we have we are coming out of this era where the promise was that it would make everything uh better and easier but it didn't and it wasn't and 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 it just so it got bogged down in people being confused my 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 dear friend and business partner brad uh always says a confused mind always says no and mm -hmm. we, we built a product offering known as web3 uh as this sort of like amazing revolutionary technological movement and every single person other than the people who are willing to suffer the unbelievable friction to enter the space, which by the way, many, many times, the reason why they were willing to suffer that friction is they thought they were going to be a billionaire because sure. they were going to get in and make a bunch of money off of this crazy new tech. Well, that was that there are people who made a bunch of money. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, of the ones who aren't currently in jail, uh, you know, uh, you know, they're they're all seeing their fortunes fade, not grow, and 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 it's because I believe it was poorly marketed and it was poorly poorly built at a product level, but all of that was always just growing pains. Mm -hmm. It was always going to be like that because technology starts rough and it's hard, and then slowly but surely it gets better and better and better. I believe we are moving this technology to the point where it will serve every single function that it is it is it's it is promised to serve and mm -hmm. it will do it in a way that no one cares about and that no one knows about. Mm -hmm. I make the same joke about this all the time. When you get your when you get your ticket to a to a show or to a movie, you don't say when it shows up in your email it's like, "Oh, cool. I got a I got an HTML JavaScript uh, a ticket delivered over my over my uh, you know internet service protocol. You, you don't say that. I mean that's not that's that's insane. You say I got a ticket. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And, and if we do this the right way, nobody is going to sit there and say, "Oh, these guys completely revolutionized Hollywood. Oh, they cut out the middlemen and they did all of that and they did blah 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 blah." Right? They're going to say, "That's a movie I want to watch, and all I got to do is click this button, and I have it." And that that that's the that's the future. The goal of everything that I'm doing with Bingeable is to close the gap between discovery and consumption, to remove remove the friction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I I I was posting something about this earlier today. You know, uh, you know, sorry, movie theaters, but consumers believe that you are too much of a pain in the ass. Right, one hundred percent. Too much friction. It's too much friction. It's too hard. The average American goes to less than two movies a year, right now, and that that that's that's devastating for that business. Well, guess what? The other option, subscription-based streaming platforms. Well, guess what? Consumers don't want that either, right? They want no commitment. They want lots of entertainment. the The desire for entertainment has never been higher, and they are willing to pay for it. The data says very very clearly they're willing to pay for it. What they are not willing to pay for is stuff they don't want which is what a subscription is to most younger consumers. I'm paying for a catalog of stuff I don't want so that I can watch Stranger Things, right? That, that like, so, so what we've got is this, this, this business model, going back to the just specifically on entertainment, this business model where the two main hubs are fundamentally not what consumers want anymore. Mm -hmm. That's our window of opportunity. They want the stuff. They don't like the process of getting it. What 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 Web3 has been doing, unfortunately, is saying, here's another option that's actually harder and riskier <laughs> and, and scarier. 
And, and that has uh, not allowed Web3 to, to, to be the solution for consumers that, that we all hope it will be. But that's changing. And, mm -hmm. and it is going to change, in my opinion, and it is going to be led by storytellers, filmmakers, musicians, authors, and artists. Uh, that's exciting. That's how I can look at my, my mission statement on my whiteboard that says, if you change the world for creators, creators can change the world. Because that is how we'll change the world, by valuing creators and their communities more than the systems that are currently in place. Um, I keep thinking that, and even though I want to segue to bingeable and that model and, and, and what that means. And I mean, there's just so much that you and I can talk about, you know, I mean, we could literally talk about what we, what, how, how all this has changed just in the last year from, you know, funding, you know, to then the bear market, which I call a build market. And, um, and the things that we're now thinking you know, the pieces as you and I are constantly like, I think this piece of the puzzle could go with this piece of the puzzle can go with this piece of the puzzle. And suddenly we have a new and innovative way of utilizing web three. And I say web three, because some of these things are not necessarily film three centric. It's like, sure. oh, this piece in web three that they're already building out here, we need to grab that and, and, and make these, this, these connections so that we can actually create something again that can power this innovation for a better future for filmmakers. So I know that that is one of the conversations that you and I have been having like crazy lately, because um, that is beyond what is an NFT strategy for funding your film. Like an NFT strategy for funding your film at this moment is a difficult strategy. Yep. Absolutely. And you cannot do what Miguel and Julie did last year. Um, super super difficult unless you are someone that that a bunch of flippers think oh wow that's going to be worth so much that i'm going to make a bunch of money so i'm going to come in and buy up and then flip so i make money but they make money that is not existent film three uh -huh. at, at right now so i mean it but, can it can, it can again, sure but, but but we're 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 certainly not there at the moment but there there, there are ways that that can be revitalized, hundred uh, percent. But but a lot of that is is out of our control. It's going to be regulatory schema and and various other techno technological advances. Uh, people far smarter than me solving some of the <laughs> functional problems uh, that 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 keep that from being viable at the moment. Um, but it is still it's still possible. It's certainly a hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think a lot of things are still possible. Um, yeah. Some of it is that we just need to make this easier and less and 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 frictionless, um, and that we're not sitting here going uh, buy your NFT, um, but or you know blockchain this. I I don't care how I just bought my cup of coffee with my Starbucks card, like I I don't need to know. It's like to your point. Um, but you know this content thing, and then we're gonna. I'm gonna use this to segue us into bingeable and 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 what bingeable is, um, as as a technology and and what it is for film three. But this, you know, I'm I'm very much impressed. I can't even believe I just used that word. By but how can I not? Uh, by the content creation on TikTok. And the fact that TikTok, and one of the reasons I believe that it became so popular after I left it. <laughs> Everybody should 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 send you a thank you note, maybe maybe a couple of bucks for because once you left, it blew up. It you did. Know, I'm really, not kidding. You, I was you, like, I'm out of here. You're blocking Jordan. You need to you need to get out of the way. Apparently, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Okay. Apparently, apparently, yeah. Apparently, I'm a huge blocker for a lot of people. Big old cock blocker over here. <laughs> <laughs> a lot I, I of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, that they they were able to monetize their content mm. and and reap, I think, a majority of the revenue of that. Of course, TikTok 
took their percentage of the revenue, but it really was a revolution on monetization and people started to change their lives. Isn't that what we're trying to do here in some shape? Yeah. I, so, so I, I, this, this, this might seem uh, that I am obsessing about minutia here. Uh, <laughs> yes, please do. I, it is what I do uh, in many ways. Um, they monetized their content on TikTok by requiring nothing from their consumers, including money. Mm. They monetize their content on TikTok because there are those who will pay for the eyeballs that they are able to generate. Um, I think there have been numerous examples of this, uh, including uh, you know the the whole YouTube multi-channel network era, uh, YouTube Red. Uh, oh, yeah like this that proved i think definitively uh you know maker studio and 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 uh, you know there were many of those uh, at the time you know i've forgotten all the names because they're mm -hmm. all no longer in existence <laughs> and they're no longer in existence because they once again misread the data they 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 did not understand that it is much easier for someone to be famous for making funny little things that people can watch for free than it is for someone to become rich making funny little things that people have to pay for. Um, and the second they shifted the orientation of the model from you get to watch this stuff for free and we monetize it on the back end by doing brand deals and sponsorships and various things like that and switched it to no, now you have to pay for it. You realize that that content's value is the freeness of it. That's what is so attractive about it. I am entertained, I have fun, and I can move on to the next thing. And I and I am I am out nothing more than a little bit of time. Um movies aren't that. Hmm. Right? Premium. Hmm. I, I I always add the word premium in front of, of entertainment when I'm talking about this stuff. That that is legitimate entertainment. Absolutely, 100%. And its revenue model is clear. Brand-sponsored, ad-supported, make it free. All day long, do it, do it, do it. Every single filmmaker, every single actor, every single creator of any kind needs to be blowing all of that stuff up and doing it 24-7 because you can build an audience. But when it comes time to, to, to monetize a piece of premium entertainment, giving it away for free is not practical because those things are expensive to make and 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 trying to to force people to pay for the stuff that they got for free before doesn't work so so you really have to be thinking about this premium entertainment as a completely separate product mm -hmm. it's a different it's a different thing and and you need to exploit those things on the platforms that 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 are are best uh, for 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 the type of product that it is, right? If you want to do fun videos that are either just silly, uh, informative, uh, inspiring, all of that, and you want to get a mass mass audience for it, man, TikTok, IG, you know, even Twitter to a certain extent, and 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 you know, uh, Facebook, you know. Uh, you know all of the various different platforms that are out there um, are great for that. But if you if you want to make and sell movies and TV shows, you need to have a business model and a marketplace orientation where that's the expectation. I I I know that I pay for this stuff before I show up, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so 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 you know again that's that may be a little bit nitpicky, but but the broader point you made is correct. We are trying to create an entirely new mechanism where it is the creators that, that monetize their work, not the distributor. Yeah, and let's talk about that. It's like, that's that 5%, 5 cents, that 95 cents, you know, I really want, you know, for us to dig into bingeable right yeah. now, because um, for those who don't know, you are the co-founder of Bingeable, and it's more than Bingeable, the platform, the entertainment, the VOD kind of or delivery. But uh, take us back to like Bingeable Technologies and Amplifier and things like that. Um, that maybe a lot of people that don't know you 
Um, I think it's very significant how these pieces work to yeah. to your entire vision. Well, um, the reason why all of those pieces that you described exist is because uh, my vision for bingeable was just way too early, like outrageously too early, like over a decade too early. <laughs> um, and and uh, so that meant that I had to think in an incremental fashion. Again, thanks dad, right? I, I, I thought, okay, what's step zero to 10? What's steps 10 to 20? And then, you know, just kind of, I, I, I went from here's the grand vision to here's how we have to do it. And I knew that there was no way to get to the grand vision without doing those steps first, right? So, you know, the the story which I know you 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 have heard before, um, you know, I I as I as I said, I started in music, and then I was I was involved in the digital music revolution, and 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 my mission through all of that, through various you know successes, but also like epic catastrophic failures. I mean, my God, we could do a whole episode on on uh on just one of those failures uh absolutely <laughs> epic um but but uh the mission was always the same at least my mission was all the same sometimes my partner's missions weren't the same and that's where things went sideways but my mission was always the same which is how do we enable creators to harness the direct relationship they have with fans to replace the existing systems of marketing and distribution. That has always been the vision and the mission uh, that I have had since I started my first little indie rock label in Nashville in the 90s. Um, uh, and, and as technology changed, as, as consumer behaviors changed, perhaps more importantly, consumer behaviors, as those changed, we needed to adapt the model and the thinking to embrace what where things were headed. And, and so I, I wrote the original business plan for Bingeable um, in, uh, in 2007. Um, I, was, I, was working, I was working on a project at MTV um, and it went, through, it went through twists and turns. It's, it, I'm, I'm compressing the story. There were lots of different iterations to the thought process and you know, even tried a few things, tested a few things, built some stuff. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate to have access to some, some great technologists uh, resources and we were able to try some things and it just was not going to work. It was not going to work the way I envisioned it. So, um, uh, you know, during that process, I wound up uh, realizing that there was one piece that we could do um, and um, uh, it had to do with, with marketing. And, you know, when my record companies uh, prior to that, um, we had done most of our marketing using street teams, which which is, you know, the, the basic premise was we would give a kid in Sheboygan uh, a baseball hat with our record company logo on it and say, you may live in Sheboygan, but now you're in the record business and you can tell all your friends that you're in the record business and that your band is coming to play this weekend. And, you know, and, and you know, if you are really good, if you if you put up a lot of posters in record store windows and if you if you get people to show up and, and you you have your your crew, you're going to get a backstage pass lanyard. You're going to get some special merch. You're going to get to meet the band and they might just thank you for your work. And that to a fan of music who has very little opportunity to think of themselves as being in the business, it gave them a flex with their friends, uh, a, a social currency. Mm -hmm. to, to, so when their friends showed up at the show and, 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 you know, I'm standing back there with my lanyard and I'm like, Oh, Hey guys, what's up? Um, yeah, I gotta go. I'll be right back. I'm going to go back with the band and have a beer. I'll, I'll come back out and come, come say hi to you in a little bit, you know, like that, that juice, my God, they would, they, they would, it was catnip. Catnip for for music fans. It, like they 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 would go out and they would do so much marketing for us that we could literally reduce our traditional marketing spend. Well, in two thousand seven ish, when I wrote the plan, eventually that morphed into you know what we can do street teams, but thanks to this new nascent technological movement called social media, we can do digital street teams. And I, and I look, I wasn't the only one who thought of this. Like there, I had other friends who were doing similar things and we all kind of dreamed this up together, uh, including one person who now happens to be my CMO uh, all those years ago when, when we both were working at MTV. Um, so so uh, 
Um, you know, but the but the but the the vision of what what we decided to build, uh, which was a company called Amplifier, um, was that was that we could prove that by by uh, communicating in the right way, by aligning interests, and by providing tools, resources, and a and a and a, a reason, um, you could empower your follow followers and fans on social media to go and make so much noise on behalf of your project, your brand, or your, your network that you could reduce your traditional marketing spend. And that, that was, the, that was the thesis of, of, of amplifier. What I didn't tell anybody was that, that, that in the back of my mind, I was always in a kind of sort of conniving Trojan horse sort of way. I was trying to get the very industry that my, my dream was to disrupt, to finance the development of the tools of its own disruption. Um, because all of my clients were the big entertainment companies, right? Um, the big media companies, the and big brands and all that. And they were paying us um, to basically test out the theories of all of the, the, the tools, the resources and the, and the, and the mindset that drives the, the marketing platform known as Bingeable um, today. And, and, uh, so, you know, I, I basically made a living while being paid to build the tools that ultimately we hope will disrupt the old way of doing things. <laughs> I love, I never tire of hearing this story of how, of how this all came together. And so, and by the way, Amplifier is still up and running today. Um, my, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not involved with it anymore. I still own a piece of it, but, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's up and running today. And it's, it's pretty much the same team that, that, start, that helped, helped me start it and, and build it and run it. Uh, all amazing people. And they're still, they're still kicking it today. I love that. I, you know, I, I knew that it was going, I just didn't know sort of the state of it. And especially yeah. you don't know the state of anything post COVID yeah. post pandemic, you know, <laughs> right, exactly. you know, who's still here. Um, so then that, I mean, that, that begs the question for those people that have never been to our spaces have never heard of bingeable. What is it that bingeable does? Like what is bingeable, um, this marketing platform, this, this, this disruption, what does it do exactly? Well, yeah, I, the way I describe bingeable is that it's a, it's a marketing platform where distribution is the organic result. Um, the mission, as I as I said earlier, is to is to close the distance between discovery and consumption, removing as much friction as possible from when I find out about a project to when I am now watching it. Um, and the way we do that, uh, it, it, there, it, there's there's lots of pieces to it, right? There's there, there's a lot of steps, but I'll get to sort of the consumer facing part of it. Uh, what we do is we enable the creators of, of a filmed entertainment project, that's writers, directors, you know, on-screen talent, also very importantly, like, like bands that provide music for the soundtrack, all the way down to the grips and the PAs. We give them their own premium VOD channel that mm -hmm. is connected directly to their social media profiles where they can say to their followers, hey, here's a new movie. And within two clicks, those followers can rent and watch that movie without ever leaving the social media platform. And when they do that, whoever's channel that was, whether it's the, the big star who has a massive audience or it's the, the, the you know, PA who's trying to break into the movie business, um, every time somebody rents it through their channel, they get a share of that revenue from dollar one with total transparency. And, and in addition to that, we allow fans to have their own channel as well. So we, 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 let, we, talk, about, we talk about amplification. Uh, we kind of mix our metaphors here a little bit, but we talk about it kind of like dropping a rock in the pond and you're looking to make the biggest splash as possible because then the rings go out farthest from the center, right? Mm -hmm. But ultimately we have the talent and the, and the creators who are associated with the project drop the first rock, say, here's our new movie, click play. And then once somebody rents it and watches it, it's at, at the end of it, it says, hey, by the way, you can have your own movie theater, your own little indie movie theater where you can tell your friends and followers about this. And every time they rent it from you, you get paid. The creators get paid. No middlemen. Right. So so just by doing that, 
um, you know, we, we, we close that distance between discovery and consumption, but we also uh, create an entirely new economic model for the filmmakers and frankly, most importantly, for the financiers. Uh, I talk about the, my vision and my mission for, for uh, you know, everything that I do being, being very creator centric. If you change the world for creators, creators can change the world. Um, and that is my heart. That is my passion. It's, it's, it's so much the reason uh, behind what I do. But the platform that we built, Bingeable is a platform that solves a problem for two groups first, audiences and financiers. And that we, we, we recognized of the three cohorts that are responsible for, for getting a film into the marketplace and having it be successful, the two who had the biggest problem that needed to be solved first were the financiers and the mm -hmm. audience. Only then can we solve the problem for the creators, right? So, so Bingeable, when it's all said and done, is a marketing platform that is specifically designed to give consumers what they want, the way they want, when they want it. But it is by removing all the middlemen, we make it so that the financiers make their money back faster uh, and, 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 uh, with, with, and, and they can do it with the need of fewer transactions, right? That, that's, that's, I, I kinda, that's a clunky way of saying it, but the, the, the biggest thing that, that I, that I want to say about Bingeable is that it is a platform that is designed to mitigate financier risk. Because if we do not show them that a, a creator-led community can achieve the kind of scale that makes it so that they make their money back and maybe even make more money than they ever could through the traditional system, Mm -hmm. We're not going to attract financiers. If we don't attract financiers, then all of us sitting here are dreaming about making movies, but not able to because there's nobody to pay us to do it. And that 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 that's why, you know, everything about the way Bingeable is designed as a business is designed to meet consumers where they are, give them what they want and and make it so that financiers have less risk in financing the creator's projects and that they are actually incentivized to allow the creators to retain ownership of their IP, to give them dollar one revenue participation. Why? Because it actually gives them a better business model as financiers. Mm -hmm. That's it, it, you know, that's, that, that's it at its heart. I, you know, I, th th we, we talk, you know, you, you mentioned the 95 five, right? Mm -hmm. Most people don't realize that that the vast majority of movies do not actually make money, um, or at least they don't <laughs> on paper, mm. right? They, let, let me say it a different way. They generate enormous amounts of revenue, but on paper they actually lose money. Mm. Hollywood has built a system, full full. They get full credit for it. It's a brilliant model. They make money off of movies that lose money, right? The people who do not, however, are financiers and creators because they are tied into profits and profits never come. Therefore, they never, they never make any money. And just as, a, just as an example, uh, I'll use, I'll use uh, the, 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 the releasing a movie in the theaters. Mm -hmm. right? Let's assume that somebody pays $10 for a ticket. Well, here's how that breaks down. And there, it varies certain projects. You can get a better rate on certain things. And, you know, it's, it's all a negotiation, but the, but the kind of the middle of the road uh, uh, numbers that you can expect when you release a movie in a, in a movie theater is that if somebody pays $10 for it, $5 of that is going to go to the cinema, right? That's the exhibitor fee. Um, and uh, then about $3.50 of that is going to go to the distributor, which is often, by the way, who owns the movie, right? The studio is the distributor. They own the movie. It's their project. They get $3.50 out of that 10 and then there's usually a sales agent or studio overhead or other things that are added in. So you can assume pretty safely another dollar of that goes to goes to someone else, right? These are all the middlemen that 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 are in the, the in between the 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 fan who write who puts the money down and the and the person who financed the project. Mm -hmm. um, so. I always say the same joke. I went to art school, but I'm pretty sure that's $9.50 out of 10, which means <laughs> that the financier 
who is responsible for recouping the cost of production, which they paid out of pocket, but also recouping the cost of marketing, which is which is 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 done by the distributor. But there's no way to know what they actually did spend. They just tell you what they what they say they spent. But you can't audit them. You can't figure that out. You don't know where where that all that money went. But the financier has to recoup that as well. And they don't do it out of the $9.50 that went to somebody else. They have to do it with that 50 cents, which is why there are never any profits. Because mm. the, the determination of what is profitable is, is that 50 cents, not that 9.50. That does not inure to the benefit of the project. That's just a cost of putting it out. Right. So so that 50 cents is applied to the production to recoup all those costs, which is why it will never recoup. That's the business model. The difference between that model and bingeable is instead of having to recoup from 50 cents of every 10 or five cents of every dollar, they are recouping from seven dollars of every 10 or 70 cents of every dollar. And that just it's, that's just math. That's just math. Mm -hmm. it, it, by removing all the middlemen, by empowering the creators to go directly to their followers on social media and then allowing their followers to go directly to their friends on social media to do the marketing and distribution of a movie, you eliminate mm -hmm. all those middlemen. And now instead of 50 cents on, uh, out, of, out of 10, I am recouping from $7 out of 10. And therefore, that movie can underperform the market. It can be a mediocre success and still break even. But mm -hmm. if you but but if it does well, and you're recouping from seven dollars of 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 every ten, uh, I mean it doesn't take long before you're everybody's flying private. You know, I mean, like that. That it, it makes it, <laughs> there, there so much money. Think about this. Think about a product. Think about a product that that you know. With there there are very very rare exceptions to this of of other types of products where this has happened, but there are not many products that you can name that can come out and in the period of a month or two, generate a billion dollars. A single movie can generate a billion dollars in revenue. And it's actually not even that rare anymore. Mm. Right? A, a, an unsuccessful movie, or maybe not an unsuccessful movie, but a, but a, a moderately successful movie can make $100 million, right? Imagine what that looks like when there are no middlemen taking all of that money and it's only the financiers and the creators who are sharing in that money when it comes in. And that, 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 I mean, that's just a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. I just, you know, for me, it, it goes back to something that I brought up very early on, which was, you know, part of the impetus of, of, creating the squad and and just getting out here in this knowing that this is going to be a revolution that film three is a revolution and because of what you just said it goes absolutely against the lie that we were told that there's no audience mm -hmm. for so imagine all those marginalized communities and those underrepresented communities who will have an audience and this is powered by that audience that wants to see themselves represented on screen and their stories and their culture on screen imagine first of all just on a macro how stories will change globally and how people will change we we have the opportunity to to change hearts and minds because that's what we do with stories and tribalism and the us and the them and we don't understand your culture because guess what the cultures will be represented and therefore we learn. So that's just on a, on a, I mean, not just, but that's like a macro impactful way of if we can get these marginalized and underrepresented stories out there and their audience is finding them or their audience is, is amplifying them or their audience is, is the power behind them. Yeah. Then also on the micro of what it does for creators that can then, Oh, not just a one-off, especially let's say for a woman. A woman often in this business is given one shot, if she's even given a shot. And if she fails that shot, she can't fail forward like the white dudes who fail forward all the time. Um, and I am I am absolutely an example of failing forward. 100%. Yeah. And and get to have a house 
and then maybe you know can ha have a sustainable living so that if they want a family they can sustain a family and if they then fail forward a lot more or maybe they have a, a hit then they get a second house or whatever and then they have and 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 their ability to have creative fulfillment is something that many marginalized um, creators do not have. And this is where I think that this is so, so powerful because if I am able to, to, to make a film and it underperforms, but my, my community loves it and there's, and, and my investors make money. There you go. I get to make another film. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, the the entertainment industry operates under under constant, uh, you know. I you, you've heard me say this a bunch, right? It, it's an industry of of settlers, not pioneers. Um, uh, they 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 are perfectly happy, you know, toiling all day, every day, racing, hustling to come in second place, because they don't want to be first. Uh, because that you know that we we live in an industry and in a business where where inaction carries less liability than action. Mm -hmm. Right. If I just churn, if I just keep doing the same thing and I keep doing it the same way and it fails, it's not my fault. I just did it the way everybody else was doing it. If mm -hmm. I try to do something different and it fails, it's my fault and I'm going to get fired. So 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 therefore, there is this tendency to just kind of keep doing the same things. And it winds up that the industry becomes consumed by self-reinforcing delusions. You want to know why there's no audience for your stories, Jordan, because there are no story or stories for your audience. Proven, right? Nobody goes to see stories like this. Well, but you didn't make any, right? See, yes. exactly. No audience, right? I mean, like it, 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 this logic is so insane. But the fact is um, there are audiences for stories for marginalized voices. And in fact, those audiences are massive. It is only that the gate has not swung open to allow those stories to have their day. And the reason why it hasn't is because the systems that are in place are stuck. Mm -hmm. they, are, they are completely, I, I, it, it is truly, and I say this all the time, it is truly easier to change the engines on a 747 in flight than it is to get these old systems to embrace the new. They don't create momentum, they ride it. They're waiting for somebody else to come and build the wave. That's why we use the analogy of, of a wave all the time. They're waiting for that wave to build. And then they'll decide whether or not they want to jump in. And that's fine. We, you know, like cool, awesome. But but if we build the wave the way we're talking about, then it is the creators and the audiences and the financiers who support them who have the power and not the old systems, not mm -hmm. the old, old, old entities. And and now all of a sudden their money becomes less important. We're making plenty of money without you. Right? Amen. And we are finding audiences without you, because unlike you, dear studio system, dear network, we don't have to go find our audiences. We're already connected to them. They are part of the community. We are in this together. And not only are they going to consume the stories we tell, they are going to tell the world about them because this system incentivizes and aligns their interests in a way where they are motivated to go out and do the work that we used to pay you 95 cents of every dollar to do. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know, um, as I said, we, we could unpack a lot and there's even more about bingeable that we could unpack today, but I think we are, this is a pretty long session. So shocking. you and I had a long session. <laughs> I, I should really say shocking because I was talking, therefore it went on and on and on. Uh, well, that is that is the what I want is you talking. Um, and it captured for the world to hear. As you were just just at this moment, I was like, this is going to be the the capsule, the hour, because this is definitely an hour and fifteen, hour and thirty one. Um, and we haven't. This is a scratch of the surface, but I was sitting there listening, and I was like, I now have something that is that that I can send to people who've wondered what I've been doing for the last two years. In yeah. fact, it is so articulate and it is in and and because it's the big ideas and then broken down to why why this is such a powerful um idea, web three, and that how how bingeable 
fits that whole Web3 ethos and Film3 ethos so beautifully because this is creator economy. This is, you know, what we're talking about. So there is stuff I want to unpack and and, and I'm going to say it now just in case um, uh, so we know where to pick up and where, where our audience will know where to pick up. But there's a lot that just to unpack with Bingeable um, as far as like how you're the marketing and distribution platform and how you will be able to, to not only utilize the social media platforms, but uh, some of, um, you know, your colleagues and the platforms that are being built in film three right now that are distribution platforms that will be able to uh, partner with um, Bingeable. So I do want to talk about that because I actually think that that's a really important, but um, this I think is enough for today because the next one we can, we can just create a part two. Wow.